Tannehill for the Dolphins survey. What he sees in front of him, a field of defensive backs and a hawking tight end who stands at the 15-yard line. Tannehill throws down the middle, caught by Stills. Laterals back to Butler, or rather Parker, who flips it to Drake. He runs across the 40 of New England, angling inside oh, to the 30, 25. 20, 15, 10, he's going to win the foot race to the end zone. The Dolphins are going to win it on the lateral. Once, then twice, and Drake takes it in. And the Patriots stand stunned in disbelief. Miami's got the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. Hey, what do you say, Miami? You're talking Super Bowl. I don't, I don't know what downs. to say. I know what to say, Scott Zolak, and that is, hello, Miami Dolphin fans. Welcome to the same old Dolphin show, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello, to the people. I am fired up, Brain. This is awesome. Ugh. This is so amazing. This is so great. I'm This is a a one in a million kind of finish for the Miami Dolphins to win a game like this, to in walk-off fashion. It it is in in fact, it is the longest play from scrimmage to end a game as the clock uh hits Double zeros, the longest play to win a game in regulation, 69 yards. Uh, the Dolphins win it since the AFL NFL merger in 1970. It is, uh, it is the first time the Dolphins have ever scored a touchdown as the clock expired in regulation to win a game. Uh, it's just a, and, and of all things, they beat the Patriots. I, I, listen. I know that you're upset because you're in the, you're in the, the Dolphins need to tank and we need to get rid of this regime. And we're going to get into that. But it's not about the regime, but whatever. Go ahead. It's, this was, well, wait a minute. You, what? Okay. We'll get, we'll get into it in a second. You said it's not about the regime, even though last well, episode, it's not about, it's it's not about, about getting the regime. rid of the regime. It's not about getting rid of it, but it's about the regime's perspective and what this win does to their perspective. And I've seen enough over the years to know what this win means. Well, we'll, we'll get into that here in a second, but for, for now I need to, we, I, I'm going to enjoy this because listen, I, I understand the idea of want the team to lose because they need to understand that we're not particularly close. Okay. I get it. As you sit there and you're watching the game, I have, I have, and I, there have been many years where I have watched this Dolphins team and seen that they were bad and known that, you know, the probably the best thing for them to do is lose and lose and lose. Uh, 
But when, it, you know, and, I, and as I think I've said it on this show before, but when it comes Sunday afternoon and I'm sitting there in front of the TV and I'm watching the game, I'm always cheering for my team to win. And Tico, who we did the interview with on the preview show, was sitting here on the couch. And, you know, right after the kickoff, before that final play, I turned to him and I said, hey, man, congratulations. And he turned to me and he said, it ain't over yet. And then that play happened and I was just ecstatic through the roof, excited because that just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And, and it doesn't happen for the Dolphins. It certainly doesn't happen for the Dolphins, but this time around it did. The Dolphins got the big win and Dolphins Twitter is all over it. And on top of that, you get to see sad Patriots fans. I sent out the tweet of the uh, Patriots bar in Miami where the fans are reacting to the end of the game. And it's like they're beside themselves. They're looking, looks like uh, that painting, the scream. They've got their hands on the side of their face. Their jaws are agape. They just don't know how to deal with it. We've seen all kinds of pictures of stunned Patriot fans. And it's like, it is like, it is like cocaine. I'm, I get high off of that stuff. Injected straight into my veins, seeing sad Patriot fans. And listen, I know in the grand scheme of things, this is one win, one regular season victory. In the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. But in the heat of the moment, right now, for a Dolphin fan, a, a Dolphins fans that we have had relatively little to cheer about and get excited about over the last couple of decades... For a result like this to happen, it's fantastic. And we're embracing it and I'm loving it and I'm just living in the glow of this. And I, and probably the recording of this podcast is probably going to be the last little bit of glow that I get because, you know, in a moment we're going to need to turn the page and look ahead to the next game and, and talk about the fact that the Dolphins won this game. What does it mean for the rest of the season? And what does that do for this team as it goes forward? Um, but right now I'm enjoying it. It's fantastic. And to see the, the looks of dismay on the faces of Patriots fans who've won five Super Bowls in the last 18 years. It's so wonderful. It's so great. And I just think if there's a Dolphin fan out there who can't enjoy it for what it is, I just don't know what to tell you. Now, I know you didn't see it live, so you didn't have the luxury of experiencing it in the heat of the moment, and maybe your reaction to the play may have been different had you watched the game live and not just found out what had happened. You're but right. I'd be way more irate. <laughs> I just way more pissed. <laughs> I just don't I just don't understand how you could see that result and not be excited about it. I mean, at least in the heat of the moment, I just don't know how you can't be excited. I'll tell you how I can't be excited. This was the second game in a row where the Dolphins were outplayed and won a game that they should have lost. But doesn't it mean something? And what does it? Uh, wait, wait, I'll wait. Stop. You're right. No, I'll stop you wait, right there. Wait, wait, yeah, wait, right wait, there. no, no, no. Wait a minute. Because what you have to look at, whatever, whatever the thing may be, Charles Clay dropped a pass last week. This week, the Patriots left a lot of points on the field and made a lot of mistakes and opened the door, even just a little bit, for the Dolphins to have an opportunity to win this game. Fine. Whatever the case may be. But the fact that Adam Gase's Miami Dolphins are 20-6 and 6 
oh, in geez. games decided by one score, that means something. That 20 to, in, with 26 games that they've played that have been decided by one score, the Dolphins have won 20 of them. That means something. What does it mean? It means that when it comes down to it and there's a game that's close with this head coach and this team, most of the time, the team is coming out victorious. Okay, and what does this game mean? What does the result of this game mean in the big picture for the Miami Dolphins? Well, I mean, that you can't really know that in the heat of the moment right now. Well, right now, you're looking at this team right now. Sure. You're, you're, no, no, you're, you're Mike Tannenbaum, you're Stephen Ross, you're Adam Gase, you're Chris Greer. Okay. Right now, this win, what does it mean? Well, the win in and of itself doesn't really mean a lot one way or the other without these final three games. Because right now, what that means, what right now, in this moment, what that win over New England means is that the Miami Dolphins are tied with three other teams at seven and six, tied record-wise for the sixth spot in the AFC playoff picture. That's what okay. it means and, right now. And, 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 what and, does, what, and what does that mean? What do you mean, what does that mean? It, it means, means in terms big, of... Picture, what does that mean what, for the Miami Dolphins to be in a three-way tie for the sixth seed in the AFC? Well... Like, what's that mean? Again, you can't, ma- you can't make a statement about what that means when there are three games left in the season. Okay, because well, I'll you go need a step to, further you then. To, you I'll need go to take a step the further full... then. Let's okay. say the Dolphins... Let's say the Dolphins... You know what? Let's let's screw it. Let's go all the way. Let's say the Dolphins go ten and six. They get the sixth spot in the in the AFC. Okay. What does it mean? Well, first of all, what that means is that you absolutely have to put your full stock in at the very least your general manager and your front office and your head coach. Because in spite of bottom a bottom five offense and a bottom five defense and granted if assuming the Dolphins win the final three games maybe that's not where their team ends up in the bottom five offensively and defensively but in but what that would mean what that says to me is that in spite of being a bottom five offense and a bottom five defense and having to deal with a ton of injuries if Adam Gase leads this team to to a 10 and 6 record and makes the playoffs that says an awful lot about where this team is, at least as far as structurally and, and so, the program that they're building. So at that point, it means that you are all in, that Adam Gase is doing an amazing job, that Mike Tannenbaum is doing an amazing job, that Chris Greer is doing an amazing job, and that we are absolutely close to where we want to be. I don't know that you can say we are right right there. Like but just we are around building the in the right direction. But if you if if the Dolphins finish 10 and 6, that means they finished 10 and 6 in two of the last three seasons and the only season where they didn't finish 10 and 6 
their starting quarterback didn't play at all the entire time. Now, I'm certainly that's not a statement about belief in Ryan Tannehill, although Ryan Tannehill has been playing better. Um, but you know, if I'm Steven Ross, it would be insane, insane to clean house. Well, nobody if your saying team clean finishes house. ten and six, nobody three yeah, years. I'm, well, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is you're looking at a game where the New England Patriots missed an extra point, missed a field goal, gave up a fluke touchdown, and could have could have not even given the Dolphins the opportunity to have that play had they not snapped the ball on a second and goal with 15 seconds left on the play clock on a second and goal because when after they kicked the field goal to go up 33 to 28 there were 16 seconds left on the clock so let's go back to the second down play where they snapped the ball with 15 seconds on the play clock the Dolphins would have had one second, and that would have been over on the squib kick. And the Dolphins won on some bullshit. Let's let's call it what it. Look, they won. I'm not. I'm not taking it away. The win is the win. It is what it is. But this is the exactly the problem. This is exactly the problem with the perspective of the franchise and the fan base is that we're going to look at this game and we're going to get all excited. Oh my God, we won. We beat the Patriots. It's a miracle. Yeah, it's a fucking miracle. It's a fucking miracle. You needed all this shit to go your way to pull out the flukiest of fluky victories. It's not like we outplayed them. If we outplayed them, then I'd be saying, if we won this game like 34 to 3 or something, I'd be like, hmm, well, now I got to pay attention because we just, this was a big game for the Patriots and we completely outplayed them. Maybe now if we run the table and we do this, they're going to lose next week. And if they don't lose next week, they're going to drop a stupid game to Jacksonville or Buffalo. And even if they don't, and I, I fully expect them to lose one of these games, if not two of these games, but even if they don't, they're going to lose in the playoffs and we're going to look at it. And I mean, I, I'm not, I, I'm not going to speak for me. I mean, like I'm going to look at it the way I'm looking at it now, but the franchise, the front office is going to look at it. You're going to look at it. The fan base that's all excited because we beat the fucking Patriots again for the, mind you, what is this? the fifth time in six years that we've beaten them in Miami. So that should tell you enough that it doesn't necessarily mean anything because we've had some pretty terrible teams or pretty mediocre teams in that span. So it doesn't necessarily mean anything that we won the game in Miami, but we're, they're going to fool themselves and they're going to say, Hey, you know, we won a big game at home against new England. It was a big game, and New England is the is the team. Now's the time to take over the division, and now's the time. You know, that means we're close. We got to win now. We're going to have all this cap space because we're going we're gonna to make all these roster moves, and now we're going to go out and we're going to spend all this big money, and we're ignoring the fact that the entire year it has been plainly obvious this team is extremely flawed. They don't have one or two holes. They have a lot of holes. They are not even close. They're lucky to be where they are is even a mediocre team. 
They came into this game fourth worst, tied for fourth worst in point differential. They're arguably one of the five worst teams in the league. Now, the record is not one of the five worst. I so can't. You, can yeah, uh, you can't. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and say they're a bottom 10 team in the league, and I'm not, I'm not going to mince that. They are a bottom 10 team in the league. But there is not very much difference between a bottom 10 team in the league and a team that sneaks into the playoffs and loses in the first round. And that's where they are. They're one of the 20. They're nowhere near an elite team. They're nowhere near. And this game does not prove at, with, at all that they are close, that they are at all close to being an elite team. All this proves, I mean, more than anything, this proves that New England is not that good this year that uh, more than anything this says more about new england than it does miami let me ask you but, this let me ask you this you've you've ma clearly made up your mind about what this team is and and that's shown fair. me and, what and they I've, are they've shown us what they are yes, and, and I'm, you can't I'm sit sure. here and yes. look at, you can't look you can't sit here and tell me for the last few weeks how you've been on board that this team is wholly mediocre and doesn't have and is nowhere near close and somehow because of a fucking lateral play that goes for 69 yard for a 69 yard touchdown all of a sudden they're close I'm not changing. I'm not changing my opinion of the team because of I'm, a lateral play. I am not oh. changing my opinion about where this team is in the grand scheme of things. All I'm saying is, we know what the team is. The job of the players and the coaches, the the people on the sideline, week in, week out, their job is to go out there. And win football games, correct? 100%. 100%. And come hell or high water, fluky play or no fluky play, they won this game. They've won 100%. two weeks in a row. Whatever the case may be, the record is seven and six. Yeah, they, not, pissed at, not pissed at Adam Gase. So, I'm not pissed at Adam Gase. I'm not pissed at the players. Job well done. Like, if anything, though, if there's one positive that I could take out of it, it's and I said this last year when the team went six and ten, is that the team has no quit in them, and that is a reflection of Adam Gase, and that is a very positive thing uh, to take away about this team and the way they play under Adam Gase. Okay, okay. So, with that being what it is. I know that your goal, what you have sort of stated, that the best thing the Dolphins can do at this point is to play well and lose games because then, you know, the, the front office will see that they're very, very far away. I get that. I get that that's where you are. Because be this that, front office needs to be hit over the head to see that. Right. And, and I understand that. However, here we are. The Dolphins are seven and six. Have a have a, it, I amazingly they're going into a game against the Minnesota Vikings next week with a better record than the Vikings. Dolphins are going into that game seven and six. The Vikings are going into it six six and one, having just lost on Monday night to the Seahawks. At what point do you say screw it and just hope that the team goes as far as they can? This season, 
in the here and now. Well, at I, what I, point, I think at we're at point, that point. At I, we're at point, that point now. So you're at that point now where you just say, screw it, let's just hope they win. We've already fucked ourselves because at this, at this point, short of losing out, which I don't think they're going to do. I think it's actually a very real possibility. Whether whether they do it or not, you know, remains to be seen. This is the same old Dolphins. This is the same old Dolphins, after all. What does it mean? Oh, it means everybody's doing a great job. There's a distinct possibility that we lose out. Of course it is, because it's the Dolphins. If you you like, I, I I had somebody tell me, I had somebody ask me. Uh, it was in another thread where somebody was talking about the Dolphins and it was actually a cousin of ours was ranting and raving about how Cleveland is this legitimate franchise and that Cleveland beat Carolina and it was a legitimate win versus the Dolphins fluky win over New, uh, over New England and how Cleveland is get, is going to have a, a barring major, major injury problems. Cleveland's going to make the playoffs next year. And then I chimed in and I said, well, you know, the Dolphins are in a position to possibly make the playoffs this year, and they've had major injury problems. So what does that tell you? And then they turned around and said, well, do you, do you honestly think that the Dolphins are going to have a better record than the Browns next season? And I turned around and I said to him, I was like, listen, I've been a fan of the Dolphins for too long for me to trust the Dolphins to do anything. And that's the, that's the problem with being a longtime Dolphins fan is that you know, the, what they do is they get you to that point where you get your hopes up and then they, you know, then they do the same old Dolphins thing. Like, I could, well, I could absolutely wonderful. see the Dolphins going isn't into Minnesota. That... I could see the Dolphins going into Minnesota, beating the Vikings next week, and then losing to Jacksonville and Buffalo to end the season, finish 8-8. Eight and eight. Could see it happening. Like, isn't there is not... wonderful? There is that, not... That, we, that we're feeling so great and we're on this unbelievable high after this miraculous victory against the the New England Patriots, the high and mighty New England Patriots, and we just took them down. And we don't even feel confident that we can finish with a better record than the Browns next year. But we're sitting here and we're talking about Well, that it's that's the difference well, how between How close are we? How that's, close are we? And and that's my point. That is exactly my point. Right, and I understand that, that. We're sitting here, we're comparing ourselves to the Browns, and it's it's a debate that could be had. For the record, it's, I'm it's, not comparing very, us to the Browns. It's com- we're comparable. <laughs> well, the fact that you could look at the Dolphins and you look at the Browns and you look at the trajectory of both teams and you say, well, which team's going to have a better record? And it's a, it's a very, it's, it's a debate. It's, it's, it's a debate. I mean, who knows? And the fact that we could sit here and have that debate and then sit here and get excited about the possibility of the Dolphins staying in the playoff race and making the playoffs. And i that's why I sit here and I tell you that we need to lose because this front office does not r- look at it that way. They don't realize it because this front office, all they care about is making the playoffs. And that is not goal that you should have all this front office cares about is the playoffs and you know why they care about the playoffs it's not because it's a stepping stone towards making the super bowl they care about making the playoffs because if they make the playoffs they save their job because this team and this franchise this front office they have no long-term plan their plan for this year 
was to save their job. And that's why they want to make the playoffs. Not because that makes them any closer to winning a Super Bowl, which should be the goal. No, it's because they want to save their jobs. And if they save their jobs and then next year, like they they have all this cap space, do you think they're going to look at it and say, well, now we, we've got to spend this money wisely. It's probably going to take us about three or four years to really build this thing right and win a Super Bowl. Do you think they're going to do that? No, they're going to say, we've got to capitalize on this. We're close. We made the playoffs this year. Now the expectations are raised. That means we got to make the playoffs next year and the year after. And that's the way we got to do it because otherwise we're not going to save our jobs. Because we're constantly in job save mode. And that's the problem with this franchise is that they're constantly year to year trying to figure out a way to make the playoffs instead of looking at it year after year and going, what do we need to do to build this team to where we are a consistent Super Bowl contending team? I think I think that is a, a, a fair point to make. However, I would counter it with this. If the Dolphins make the playoffs this year and lose in the first round the way they lost in the first round to Pittsburgh two years ago, you're looking at a team that has made the playoffs twice in three years and had first round exits both times. At some point, and and trust me, I, I, I am on board with you in regards to how it seems like our front office is very short-sighted. We've had that conversation here before. But if the Dolphins manage to make the playoffs this year and lose in the first round, at some point, you as a, as a front office, you have a responsibility to say, what do we need to do to get to that next level? And you can't, as, as professionals, you can't be content just to do that, just to make the playoffs. Because right now, we're a Dolphins fan base that has made the playoffs once in 18 years. When you take a franchise that suddenly has been to the playoffs in two of the last three years, but lost in the first round both times, at some point, the expectation not just of the fan base, but of the front office has to be that this team is now going to go further than that. And it becomes not about making the playoffs, but about winning the division and getting home games and winning games and eventually getting to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the goal every year, should be the goal every year anyway. So I think while I understand where what you're saying and where you're coming from, I think if we're if we're looking at a team that, somehow makes the playoffs this year and makes the playoffs this year under the circumstances that they will have done it, it says quite a lot about at least a lot about the players in the coaching staff. And how I do think, you get there? How do you get to the playoffs? No. How do you, how do you take that next step? Well, I mean, you've got to find ways to to make that next step. But you got to draft how? well. How? You have to draft well, and you have to be smart about the way that you hand out contracts. What we've seen in this league now, what you have to do is you have to hit in the draft and get young players on rookie contracts who can perform well right away, right out of the box. So the fact that Raekwon McMillan hasn't 
been what the Dolphins wanted him to be is a big disappointment. The fact that Mike Kosicki hasn't been what the Dolphins wanted him to be is a big disappointment. If those guys are able to take a big step next year while they're still on rookie deals, then you've got great players at very low cost. So that's part of it is, is drafting well and having really young guys on, on smart contracts. The, the next part of it is, is figuring out how to, sp- the, the, the free agents that you're going to spend money on, spending that money wisely. That is another area where this front office has been a disaster. They have been very bad putting a lot of bloated fat contracts out there that have weighed this team down and made it very difficult for us to sort of spread the wealth and, and make a lot of good signings because we're making, to make multiple good signings because we tend to make splash signings for more money than we should. So that's those are the two things. And uh, yes, I understand that getting to the playoffs at 10 and 6 makes it tough to build for the future, but it I, it's not impossible. I mean, look at all of the teams. I mean, you've got teams like the Steelers that have been in the playoff conversation basically every season. Uh, in the AFC East, you've got teams like, oh, obviously the Patriots. I mean, that's a little bit of a different story because they've got a, a Hall of Fame legendary coach and one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, and so that makes a huge difference. And and the, the Steelers also have a great franchise quarterback. And that's obviously something that the Dolphins are going to have to figure out. And I think... I don't mm-hmm. think any – if the Dolphins win the remaining games that they have this season and somehow win a, a game in the first round of the playoffs this year, I don't think that changes the fact that this organization going forward has to be looking at a new quarterback because – Do you think that they're – do you think that that becomes their priority when they go 10-6 and six this year? I think no matter what happens – this season, the the priority of this front office has to be keeping an eye on what the next step you take oh. is at, at quarterback. You have oh, but, to. Okay, but do you do you think that's what they're thinking when they look at it and they say because if they go ten and six this year, uh, it means that Ryan Tannehill's record as quarterback was seven and three, and that he rallied them to the playoffs. I mean, I I think you need to, they need to be looking at quarterback. Do you think that's what they're going to do? Yes. I mean, I know that's what you think they need to do. Yes. Do you have it is any what faith? they're going to do because it is. I have no faith that that's what they're going to do. Okay. If and that's fine. Ten- and that's fine. But that's something that they need to do. After what Adam Gase said about Ryan Tannehill and then they go and make the playoffs. They might give him another contract extension. Well, we'll see what happens. At any rate. At any rate. What I'm trying to say is that while understanding the shortcut, all of this, now we've talked 30 minutes, all of this conversation that we've had is to say that it's okay to enjoy a ridiculous win. It doesn't necessarily change the picture in the grand scheme of things because it's one result. And it's and it's one result, and it was a performance that was largely right in line with the rest of the Dolphins' performances this year. Actually, in some ways, it was better. The offense, it was one of the best offensive games of the season for the Miami Dolphins. In fact, it was the second best offensive um, output of the season when it comes to yards per play, second only to the game against the Raiders earlier this season. 
And granted, New England's defense has had its problems, but you know what? You have what's in front of you. You you know, you're playing against the defenses in front of you. Go out and do it. And they did. The offense looked good. Uh, they, they found new ways to get other players involved. Brandon Bolden, two touchdowns, two touchdown runs, became the first only player in Dolphins history to have two carries in a game and have them both be touchdowns. Um, the team performed well offensively. Listen, the defense is a disaster. It remains a disaster. And Matt Burke absolutely needs to be fired at the end of the season. And I don't, and again, that's another thing that unless the Dolphins shut down the Vikings, Jags, and Bills in the next three games, and then somehow a team in the playoffs, I just don't know that there's any way that Matt Burke is salvaging his job. I just, I, it would be an outrage, I think, if the Dolphins kept Matt Burke around. His defense has been absolutely horrendous. Um, if they rally to make the playoffs. Listen, if they rally to make the playoffs, then maybe that's something that happens. And if that happens, then that's something that we could talk about at that point. But I'm not going to actively cheer against the team to win just because I have no faith what? in the front office. Well, well that... <laughs> The joke is, is that we're sitting here and we're talking. Look, okay, you want to enjoy it? I I get it. Like, cool, exhilarating and win. But don't let it warp your perspective of what this team is. Because we're sitting here and we're talking about how they're in the playoff race and what a, you know, what a great win this is for the franchise and what it means. And it, it means that, you know, big pat on the back for Adam Gase and Mike Tannenbaum and, and all these guys who we were killing a week ago. We're absolutely killing a week ago. And then we're still sitting here and we're talking about how we don't have a franchise quarterback. Our defense is atrocious. Yeah, I mean, we're not anywhere close and we're not anywhere closer than we were with seven seconds left in this game on Sunday. Because if we don't, if if Kenyon Drake gets tackled at the two-yard line, are we sitting here and talking about what this win means? Or are we sitting here and going... Well, it was close, but that's the same old Dolphins. Well, wait a minute. The the result of this game doesn't change anything about what this franchise is right now. The thing that it changes is it the difference the difference that play makes is that this team is still alive with an opportunity to make a run at the playoffs this year, which as we said, while making the playoffs and losing in the first Fool's round. Gold. Right. While making the playoffs and losing in the first round doesn't make a significant difference in terms of what this team actually is. When you look at the, when you look at the stat sheet, when you look at what the team has accomplished, knowing that, knowing that the team somehow finishes 10 and six, nine and seven in spite of this, like we've said this, these, plague of injuries not having your starting quarterback for five games i mean it's an accomplishment and the fact is the team is alive right now and the the ultimate goal is to win the super bowl and i'm not saying the dolphins are anywhere have any chance at winning the super bowl this year however making a play making the playoffs 
is closer to achieving that goal than not making the playoffs. Whether or not your team is actually built to do it. Uh, uh, no, see, that's where I disagree with you. I, I get, uh, I know this sounds ridiculous. I, I get that. That how can you sit here and say that making the playoffs isn't closer to this to getting to the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl than not making the playoffs? And what I will say to you is that if your franchise and your front office consistently has perceived winning seasons as being close and then has used those seasons towards giving out win now contracts to try to win the Super Bowl, even though you are not anywhere near winning the Super Bowl, what you are closer to doing is building yourself a five-year window of mediocrity which is what this franchise has done time and time and time again. And I, and I understand that. And I understand that intellectually. But when it comes to it's Sunday, I'm watching the game. What I'm cheering for is the Dolphins to win. And that's fine. And, and, and that great. is fine. And if the but, Dolphins and I, go out and, and they win the next three games, they're almost certainly making the playoffs. And listen, as I've watched a lot of football over the past, you know, all season long, I, I watch a ton of football. You look at the AFC, and I'm not, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid and telling you the Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl. What I'm saying is that a month ago, it was hard to see past anybody. It was the Chiefs, and that was it. The Chiefs. I don't know about that. I don't know. I, I don't know about it. I still look at it and I say the Dolphins are clearly like the eighth best team in the AFC. And that's fine. And but I, what, I I'm also that saying that this. I'm also saying I think this. We could, I if anything, at, we could be worse. But I, I think our, our ceiling is we're probably the seventh best team in the AFC. That's fine. But when you look at the other teams in the AFC right now, I think, and you could call me crazy if you want to, but there, there are scenarios where the Dolphins on their day on any given Sunday could beat the other teams in this AFC playoff picture right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I mean, we just so, need the Patriots. So with that in mind, with that in mind. <laughs> oh God, you're fooling yourself. I, I'm not, I'm <laughs> you not, like are I said, I'm not drinking the, the trap, man. I'm not. No, no, I'm not. This is I'm not so drink- same old dolphins. I mean, you are going to be fucking heartbroken next week. No, no, I'm not because I, I intellectually, this is the thing. Oh, yeah. I can compartmentalize. But emotionally, you are like no. buying in right now. You, comp- you didn't I- want to, and you don't want to admit it, but that, fluky lateral play has just changed the way that you feel about this Dolphins team even though you know that they're no different you feel like they might be which I is may still the be, I may same still be old Dolphins thing I may that stay, is the same old Dolphins listen, thing I, and I tweeted it out earlier as uh, on, on Monday night and I said a lot of people are watching the Vikings game right now and thinking that they are a bad team or that they're not a good team uh, don't do that. And I still have no expectation that the Dolphins are going to go into Minnesota and win. I really don't expect it. And we get into that in the preview show later this week. I have no expectation that the Dolphins are going to go into Minnesota and actually beat the Vikings. All I'm saying is that if you're a football fan, the thing that you cheer for is your team to win. You cheer for your team to win. 
every week. I cheer for my I cheer for my team to get closer to winning a Super Bowl. Okay, that's fine. And I feel like I feel like the best route for this team to win a Super Bowl is to lose. <laughs> okay, I just I, I fine. If that's how you feel, that's fine. We're obviously on I, different pages. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like on, I mean, on Sunday, I'm not saying I, I like get it. You're saying you cheer for your team to win on that day, and I, what I'm saying is, is I've watched this team do the same thing for 15 years, and uh, yeah, I'm tired of seeing that. So I want to see, you know, un- unless look. I can't control whether or not we're going to win or lose. So I'm mean, not going to like ruin That's my correct. day or That's anything. Correct. But, but like, so if they go out and win, whatever, I'm not thrilled about it because I have no faith in the front office. Now, if, if we go 10 and six and then the front office goes out there and shows restraint this off season, then all right, I'll feel pretty good about it. But, I'm not expecting that to happen because I have no evidence that that's going to happen. I've got Mike Tannenbaum's entire resume that says that he's going to try to win now. I've got a whole resume of, of the way things work in the NFL with coaches on short contracts who you know, don't have job security where the, I believe the average coach has a job for three years. These coaches are constantly in job save mode. These GMs are constantly in job save mode. It's different when you're, when you're Bill Belichick and you've, you know, you've built up all this credibility. These guys have no credibility. So they're constantly having to, to save their jobs. And the way they save their jobs is by going into win now mode and trying to make the playoffs because if they win the playoffs, they have tangible evidence to say we're making progress. And I think it's fool's gold because they're, they're making progress at the expense of the fact that it's not sustainable progress and it's fluky progress. And we've seen this team have 10 win seasons twice in the past decade. And they followed it up with mediocrity because at the end of the day, those, those teams, the 10 win team, the 11 win team under Sperano, those were teams that caught fire and really weren't that, that good. And they, they made the playoffs and they earned their spot in the playoffs and nobody is ever going to take it away from them. And I'm not going to take it away from them. But as far as where is it sustainable to build upon? No, because they just weren't that good. And that's what this team is. It's not that good. And if you're going to fool yourself based on a lateral play and based on a lot of things. That had to that had to happen for them to win this game against the New England Patriots. Then it's just I feel sorry for you because you're going to get disappointed because they could have played that game 20 times and they'd have lost at least 18 of them. I and I, I feel and, like and, and, I feel like they, you're missing the point here, Aaron. Because here's the thing: I'm not saying the and, and we're just going around in circles now. So I want to get away from this because. I just I just want to say it again. The result of this game doesn't change my opinion of where the team is in the big picture. It doesn't. I feel the same that this is the same team that it's been. However, they won the game and they're still in the conversation. And cool. 
And that has merely making the playoffs potentially says a lot because that would that suddenly you're a team that's made the playoffs two out of three years. You don't think it means anything because you don't think the team. I think is it means. Uh, no, I think it. I I think it is the only spot where I will say that it's a good thing. Is I give kudos to Adam Gase. Okay, but that's where I that's where I draw the line. I say, look, Adam Gase, you you've done a good job with this team. Uh, you know, I haven't always given you the benefit of the doubt in a lot of in a lot of cases, and I've been hard on you. But if you managed to get this team to the playoffs, if you managed to get this team to eight and eight, I think you did a good job. If you managed to get this team a winning record, I think you did a great job. Okay. But my worry is the front office. I understand that. And and we've said that over and over and over again. But at a certain point, you just have to cheer for your team. And that's what we're doing. And that's what I did on Sunday. And that's what a lot of people did on Sunday. And it was really, really great. And the fact of the matter is, the Dolphins are still alive in the playoff race. Does it make a huge difference in the grand scheme of things? Probably not. But, hey, meaningful football coming down the stretch instead of playing out the string for a few games. So... It's exciting. And and basically, and here's another thing, the Dolphins are pretty much exactly where they were last year. Almost exactly where they were last year about this time. Where they had the big win over the Patriots and then what was, what could they do the rest of the way? And they proved that they couldn't really do much. And there's mm-hmm. a there's a chance that that's exactly what's going to happen here. But the fact of the matter is, as of right now, after week 13, the Dolphins are 7 and 6 and had a miraculous win and they're still in the playoff picture and that in terms of the reason that you watch sports, the reason that you watch it every week, the reason that we sit there is because you want to cheer for your team and you want those moments that get you excited, that are thrilling, that give you something to cheer for. And that is exactly what happened on Sunday. That's the reason that you watch sports. And obviously it would be better if it was, if the Dolphins had made that play and it resulted in them winning the Super Bowl. But you know what? It wasn't winning the Super Bowl, but it was winning a game over your hated rivals, the New England Patriots, and that is something to celebrate. That's a really great thing. Let's talk about our positives and negatives in this game. Obviously, the biggest negative for you is that the Dolphins lost, uh, Dolphins ended up winning the game. We've been over that. But I think aside from that, you had the Dolphins defense really still struggling to uh, this, this, Matt Burke's zone defense just getting picked apart by good quarterbacks. It happened again. Just guys wide open all the time. Very troubling. Uh, some other things that were uh, negatives in this game. Two blocked punts. Uh, I don't know what was mm-hmm. going on. But suddenly special teams went from being really great against Buffalo to, to not being very good at all in this game against New England. Uh, so So that was something that was worrying. Um, some spotty play calling at times from the Dolphins, but I just don't know that that's the biggest one. I I mean, is that it was a combination of things. It was Kenny Stills sliding short of the first down that he would have easily had. And then on third down and one, the Dolphins are incapable of running a straight ahead run on third and one to just go ahead and grind out that yard, even though they have Frank Gore, who's made a whole career out of doing just that. They just simply can't make that play call. I was infuriated by that. But I mean, largely, I thought the offense looked really good. Tannehill had yet another good game. For him, he's looked he's looked very, very good 
since coming back from his injury. I mean, at least in Ryan Tannehill adjusted terms. Um, <laughs> you know, Ryan Tannehill, listen, if it, you're never going to have Ryan Tannehill thrown for 400 yards a game and blah, blah, blah. Because if you ever find yourself, if the Dolphins are a team that succeeds by running the ball. So if you're, if the Dolphins are ever in a situation where they're relying on Ryan Tannehill throwing for 400 yards, it's typically bad news. Uh, he throws for 200 something. What was it? 200. Uh, what did he have in this game? He, he had another very good game. Uh, 265. Threw for 265. Three, three touchdowns. Three no touchdowns. Picks. Had a 155.2 passer rating. I mean, he is he's played as good as Ryan Tannehill can play. And now, when you look at the traditional stats for Ryan Tannehill, it looks like he's having one of his best seasons ever. Um, when you look at the traditional stats, when you look at his sort of more advanced stats, like y- you look at his DVOA, he's 26th in the league. Uh, you know, so it's not that, you know, depending on the statistics that you look at, it's, it's not great. But the fact of the matter is you're getting the level of play from Ryan Tannehill that you need in order to win games. Uh, as we've said, the thing that Ryan Tannehill needs is the rest of the team around him to do a good enough job or the, the opponent to not do a good enough job. And that's what's happened the last couple of weeks. Um, but the fact of the matter is he's done what he's needed to do and, uh, the team has done what it's needed to do. So, uh, what are some of the other, uh, things that you would give a thumbs down to in this game, Brian? Um, yeah, I, I mean, the secondary is going to struggle. Uh, without Xavier Howard, it's going to be a struggle. I, I think the the failure of the interior defensive line to get any kind of pressure when you're consistently seeing, you know, whether it's Cam Wake or Robert Quinn coming around the edge and yet the interior of the defensive line can't really make any kind of headway and so it just leaves a very easy pocket for the quarterback to step up in. Um, obviously, Vincent Taylor was playing really well before he got hurt, but whether it's Devon Godchow or, or, or Akeem Spence, uh, you know, or whoever they throw in there at defensive tackle, uh, they're just not getting any kind of pressure from the interior of their defensive line. And I think that that's... I think that's the biggest problem with their pass rush in general, uh, because I know that Robert Quinn is a guy with a questionable motor. Uh, and he's also a guy who can only really get sacks one way. And Cameron wake, you know, at this point in his career is not the player that he used to be, but he still really gets after it. But the problem is, is that they're not getting any help from the interior of the defensive line. So it's just very easy for quarterbacks to just step up to avoid the defensive ends coming around the outside. So I think that that continues to be a problem. Um, Look, linebackers and coverage, it continues to be an issue. The the, the secondary, it's bad. It's bad. The defense has a lot of holes right now. Offensively. Um, they did give up four sacks in this game, so it wasn't like a clean performance by the offensive line. But, you know, by and large, they played admirably, which I feel like played admirably all year long. Um, and it's going to be hard to come up with very many negatives about the offense in this game because, I mean, the offense won them the game. 
Tannehill played a great game. They ran the ball for what, like 200 yards? Uh, you know, the receivers did their job. I mean, Devontae Parker had a bad drop, but, you know, he looked fine. Bryce, Bryce Butler had a nice touchdown reception. Kenny Stills, obviously you talked about it sliding down. That was, that was kind of ridiculous, but I mean, you're nitpicking there. Uh, look, they, they played well. As a team, really, they played well in the game. And you have to play reasonably well to beat the Patriots. Even if they give you the game, you still have to play reasonably well to to beat the Patriots. That's, what I've, that's what I've said. You know, when the Dolphins have games against teams like the Patriots, they have to they have to play at a certain level and hope that the Patriots play below their ability. And that was certainly something that happened. In this game, uh, positives. I, I liked getting Brandon Bolden involved. I mean, uh, it was, it was really funny. I mean, just him, the, the revenge aspect of it was, was really funny to have him go off against uh, his former team. It was nice to see him get involved. Again, Tannehill played well. Um, uh, uh Juwan James and Laramie Tunsil continue to play well. Um, which is good. Ted Larson had a, we gotta, we gotta give Ted Larson some props for a big block downfield on the game winning play. Uh, say what you want. Say what you want about how the fluky nature of it. The bottom line is the Dolphins executed on that play and took advantage of the fact that the Patriots, for some reason, were playing for the Hail Mary. And when the Dolphins came underneath with the lateral play, they were ready and, uh, you know, they, they took advantage and, and they ended up winning the game. And so I, I think that's, that's a good thing. The, I, you know, listen, if you would have told me beforehand that the Dolphins were going to score 34 points against the Patriots, I, I mean, that's pretty exciting to, that the Dolphins was, that the Dolphins offense was able to produce at the level that it did, even against a, a Patriots defense that is lackluster. Especially considering what they did earlier in the season. Yeah, I would have said hopefully they lost 37 to 34. <laughs> well, they didn't. They got the win. The miracle in Miami happened. They made they made Scott Zolak say, Oh Jesus. You know, <laughs> if there's if there's one here's a big negative. I I give you that. I'll give you that. That's a, good. A big negative is that Jim Mandich wasn't around to call this ending on the radio because anybody who listened to Jim Mandich back in the day knows that he would have lost his mind on that on that final play and so all we can do is sort of imagine how the mad dog would have called that play and uh, for me it brings brings lots and lots of 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 just nostalgia and very positive nostalgia because it reminds me of a time when the Dolphins would win all the time and Jim Mandich would would lose his mind on the radio. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, Brain, anything else you want to add about this victory for the Miami Dolphins? No, I've said all I could say about it. Okay. Well, we're going to enjoy this for a little bit longer. Enjoy the high of this game. And then we turn our focus to the Minnesota Vikings and what the Dolphins are going to need to do to try to keep this momentum because at this point, having won this game, it really, I think, in my mind, puts pressure on the organization now, now to go ahead and finish the deal, finish the season, make the playoffs now. You got this win, 
fluky as it may have been, now you did it. So now let's go ahead and finish strong these last three weeks of the season and not just be sort of mediocre with it. Listen, if you win the last three games and you miss the season, miss the playoffs, finishing 10 and six, okay. If you go one and two in these last three games, that's disappointing. And you're going to have, you know, and then maybe it's, there's still going to be something to answer for at that point. But we'll see what the Dolphins do as they go through these final three games. So we'll be back to preview the Vikings game later on this week. In the meantime, Brain, tell the people where they can find you and your very angry takes. You can send me your hate mail or your hate mail to my Twitter feed at Aaron the Brain. And of course, I am at Amplified to Rock. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. We've picked up lots of new followers in the last uh, 24 hours. 24, 48 hours or so uh, with the with that video clip that I posted of the Patriots bar and their just disappointment and shock. Uh, so we appreciate all the new follows. We hope that you'll also like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash same old dolphins. Of course, we are also on the dolphinstalk.com podcast network. So dolphinstalk.com, make sure you're visiting it every day. Make it your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. You can download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe via Google Play Music. And we're also now on Stitcher, looking into making Spotify happen. Uh, for right now, we're in those other places. And of course, we are in sound on SoundCloud as well. So uh, make sure that you join us there. And follow us and make sure you get every episode of the same old Dolphin Show as soon as it drops. That's going to do it for this show. We'll be back later this week to talk about the Minnesota Vikings game. But until then, take care of yourselves and each other. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking to my ball. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number Great, great, 30, 20, that counts, he's got a tackle, oh, no, no way, he no got way. the end zone, touchdown, the Dolphins win it, unbelievable, are you kidding oh. me, oh. that is unbelievable, I don't believe what I just saw, oh. there are no flags, no flags, and the game is over, oh.